Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight. Welcome to Wayne Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, August 27th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Jay Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, and I just don't think Michelle had that excitement in her voice that that is telling us what's coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow night is the finally it's here what we've been waiting for since January. I mean, we've been counting the days down, the dog days of summer, and here we go. Thursday night football starting tomorrow night. South Carolina hosting Texas A&M, and just want to welcome everyone for listening tonight. People in the studio. People in the chat room, people listening at home on the computer, welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. And, God, I don't know about you, but but I'm ready. There's football on right now. Georgia State in the Georgia Dome playing Abilene Christian. I mean, if you're you're bad enough and desperate enough for football, you'll be watching it um, like I am. And I'd like to say hello to my grandmother that's listening right now. Uh, She's in the studio. She's not going to press one, though. But thanks for listening, supporting the show. Trey? We have finally made it to college football, man. Are you excited? Yeah, dude, it's here, man. It's, it's tomorrow, Saturday. It's a lot of big games. I'm ready. Our pick is out. It is time to stop with the conjecture and let's start putting it on the field and seeing what this year is going to bring. Well, I already know the answers to all of that, Trey. And if you, <laughs> you, you pay attention to the show, you listen, you'll understand that I never get it wrong. But... But uh, I was notified, Trey, that I offended someone on the show a week or so ago, and I don't know if you were with us on that show. I don't remember if you were, but a guy came, called in the show and, and said that Oklahoma was going to win the championship, and I laughed and said, well, Santa Claus is real too. So just want to apologize to to the person I offended out there, Trey. I mean, you know, I mean, I hate doing that, but, you know, you have to apologize when you're wrong, right? Well, I mean, you know, it's certainly not a, uh, a popular pick on our show, um, but and, you know, there's a lot of people who are very high on Oklahoma. You and I are not in that group, but uh, I mean, um, I mean, let's let's put it this way. I mean, if you, the odds in Vegas aren't bad for Oklahoma, um, and, and heck, man, I mean, Bob Stoops has won a championship, so I mean, there's reasons to believe that, especially as an Oklahoma fan. Um, but you know, hey. I uh, like the fact that you're coming out and saying that on the show, man. It's way, way to do it. Well, really, I'm I'm not sorry, Trey. I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> if, you're, if, you, if you get your feelings hurt over someone disagreeing with you, then, then bye. This show is not for you. I'll always show you respect. But if you make a pick that, that sounds crazy, I may just laugh a little bit. But, you know, that's, that's just the way it goes in radio. If you're too sensitive, don't don't call in and, unless you're ready to talk sports. But, uh the odds came out today. The Bavada updated their national championship rankings, and we'll talk about that. Florida State is the favorite at four to one. Alabama second at five to one. 
Then you have Oregon 15 to 2, Auburn's 10 to 1, Oklahoma's 10 to 1, UCLA 14 to 1, Georgia 16 to 1, Ohio State with the loss of Braxton Miller 20 to 1, LSU 22 to 1, and Michigan State 25 to 1. Trey, and you know what? There's probably going to be a team or maybe two that that I didn't mention. There's probably going to be in that college playoff. So I'm excited to see. But that shows Auburn with the schedule they have, uh, <laughs> just murderers row, 10 to 1, the same as Oklahoma with a weak schedule. What that tells me, Trey, is Oklahoma is not getting much respect because of the conference they play in. So I'm not really looking at Oklahoma as a legitimate contender right now. Well, I, mean, I think they're legitimate in the fact that, um, that the odds aren't bad, I mean, given the fact that they don't play a great schedule. But – you know, we've talked about the Big 12. I think the Big 12, are, they're going to struggle in this new format uh, until they either play more out-of-conference games against tougher opponents or they go to a, a little bit of a bigger league and have a championship game. I, I just think that's going to be held against them. I really do. Um, and we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, that's just my thoughts, Carmen. And there's another odds, the Heisman Trophy odds, and we're not going to get it deep into this, but believe it or not, Jameis Winston is a favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. A uh, slight favorite over Mariota of Oregon. You have Brett Hundley, Melvin Gordon, and Nick Marshall rounding out the top five. Trey, I just Winston, even though he has a good year, I, I just don't see him winning another Heisman. Do you? I, I don't. And it's not because I don't think Florida State's going to win it, or I think uh, it's very hard to repeat in college football. Um, and it's, it's even harder to repeat as the Heisman Trophy. Um, win, winner. I mean, if you look at a lot of guys who won it, none of them have done very well their second year, at least in the voting. Uh, it doesn't mean they didn't have good years. Uh, but, I mean, voters just tend to, nowadays, want to move on. So I, I just think it's going to be very tough to repeat. I mean, it, it, is it impossible? No, it's happened before. Uh, but that's not – I mean, if I had to put money on the table right now in Tarvin, I, I wouldn't put it on Jameis Winston, and I'm a Florida State guy, um, just on – straight math and odds alone. Yeah, I mean, the, the Heisman Trophy, and usually it's somebody that comes out of nowhere. Last year, um, Winston was nowhere to be found. The year before, whenever RG3 won it, he wasn't nowhere to be found. Ingram, Cam Newton, the list goes on and on, Trey. Johnny Manziel, nobody expected that. So tell me the last time that you ever remember someone picking the Heisman Trophy uh, correctly, preseason. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it a whole lot. I mean, you're talking about the top five guys. Generally speaking, it comes from outside of that. Uh, I mean, there's been some favorites who've done well, um, but as the favorite, I don't know anybody who's had the favorite odds going in who's won it. And maybe I'm just not thinking of it, Tarvin, but I just I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, Paul in the chat room is saying what Feinbaum said the off season. Um, really call Swenson the trophies, the crab legs, and, and all that stuff. And, yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons. Unless he just unless he just blows up, eh, he's not going to win it again. Like Trey said, it's just it's just too hard. It's just real – it's just hard to come back and, and impress the same people. You're going to have to do more and more. And not many people have done it in the college football history. But, Trey – we last week we didn't have our show and I apologize. I was at a wedding and you know actually it was a you know to tell the truth I don't like weddings but it was fun and I haven't been able to take my ice bucket challenge yet so I don't know it's just 
Trey, how long do I have? Do they say six months to do your ice bucket challenge? I was thinking about waiting until winter. Here's the thing. We need you to do it this week. I mean, I think I think you're pressing it a little too far. you got to do it, man. Just man up. You're gonna, he's, don't worry, viewers. He's going to do it this week. Okay, I'll I'll try my best to, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge like some people on Facebook, a hundred people, and like Paul, <laughs> it drives Paul Ewing crazy. He's like, it's only three, it's only three. You can't do more than three. So I'm gonna do three people, and guess what? My wife's gonna be one of them. She's gonna be very upset. But and Memo Smith is listening. You may be next too. So watch out for Facebook and see if you're on the Ice Bucket Challenge list. But we didn't preview Auburn and Florida State, Trey, and I, I think we'll save that tonight. When we go to the games, as listed on the top ten, we're not going to go into an in-depth preview of those two teams, but they are the the final two from last year, the the top two teams in the country. And you know what? They're both going to be involved in a conversation this year. Will they make it? Man, you just don't know in college football. But I do want to give our final four prediction tonight, if you're ready, before the show's over. Mm-hmm. We'll get that. And uh, – and uh, I just want your thoughts real quick on the NFL. We're not going to talk long on the NFL, Trey. I don't know if you've been watching uh, the HBO show with the Atlanta Falcons on it, but have you watched it yet? I, I don't have HBO, so I have not watched it. Well, I looked at the Falcons, and there's some Falcon fans out there. This team looks, to me, I just wanted to touch on that because I had a couple of emails wanting to talk about the Falcons a little bit. Um, the Falcons, to me, they still concern me given the injuries on the offensive line, and I'm not sold on their defense, but they do look better, Trey, with Julio Jones on the field. I think having him on the field this year is going to really help them possibly at least finish second in that division and maybe make the playoffs. Give me your thoughts real quick on the Falcons before we start moving on to our college football tonight. I think the offense is going to be a much improved. I mean, I would look – for sleepers in your draft, I mean, I've seen Roddy White going really low. I mean, remember, this guy was pretty good. Julio Jones is going to be back. I mean, there's receivers if they're healthy, they're going to be pretty darn good. Yeah, I like I like the the focus of Matt Ryan. He looks more focused this year. But one thing I'll tell you, the Falcons are trying to to act like they're tough guys. Really, they're trying to get a mean streak. They're fighting each other on the field, which. To me, that's not very smart. When you're when you're trying to win and, and become a team, they're they're taking their anger out on the wrong people. But I'm not ready to buy that the Atlanta Falcons are a tough team defensively. I've I've watched that line on both sides. I'm not ready to say that they can beat the New Orleans Saints, Trey, in that division. And we'll do our our previews next week for the NFL. We'll go through each division. We'll go give our predictions, our final order, and we also have some big information coming Sunday, Trey. Our fantasy draft. Oh, yeah, we got that coming up this weekend for sure. All right, tell that kid in the background that Uncle Brian says he's going to be quiet for an hour and a half. He'll try, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but, yeah, the NFL's coming. It'll be – I think they have a game this Thursday or next Thursday, don't they, Trey? The NFL kicks off. Yeah, it's it's coming up next, next weekend. So we'll do our preview show, and, and if everybody remembers, Trey nailed the Super Bowl last year. The final, whoever was in the Super Bowl uh, contenders, he, he gave the exact Super Bowl and the winner. So I got one out of two. That's not too bad, but it, it looks like uh, 
it looks like Trey, I'm gonna have to dethrone you this year, just like in college <laughs> football. You know, it's hey, tough, I, it's tough I, to, to outpick you, man. Yeah, I'm I'm getting ready for that too. I'm real close uh, on my on my Super Bowl prediction as well. But I'm the focus on college, so I'll be ready for next week, buddy. And if you'd like to call in tonight, the number is six four six seven one six five five six four and. Man, I'm just so excited. I'm I'm getting up at probably 4 a.m. tomorrow just to to get ready for the the big night. I've got a lot of work to do before I can get off work that early to be able to get home to watch it. South Carolina kicks off at 6 Eastern, and another game tomorrow night. We're going to talk about Ole Miss and Boise State. I mean, what's Boise State going to look like without Peterson on the sidelines? And some questions: Is Ole Miss for real? Well, this is going to help us see what Ole Miss is about. I mean, if they beat Boise, well, it doesn't mean we know everything. But I want to see how tough and how athletic Ole Miss is. I'm ready to see Bo Wallace back it up to see what he can do. But, Trey, and and we'll talk about this in a minute, but if Boise comes into the Georgia Dome and beats Ole Miss, what does that say about the SEC conference right off the bat? Well, I mean, given how you know much ballyhooed uh, Mississippi has been, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good blow. I mean, because Boise State comes into this thing really. I think we all think. Well, I say we all. A lot of people think that Boise State is uh, basically not ready to be a good, decent team. And so, if they come out and they take down Ole Miss, and you know, Bo Wallace and his Heisman Trophy campaign, and all this this jazz. Uh, I, I'd say it looks at least not that – I mean, I don't know about conference-wise, um, but it's going to put a big knock in all of the Ole Miss believers. Yeah, and there's three – I mean, there's four games. I mean, I, I don't think West Virginia will talk about that in Alabama, but LSU slips up, they lose to Wisconsin. Clemson goes into Athens and beats Georgia. Boise beats Ole Miss. Man, that could be – that could send a, a, a loud and clear message to the country that the SEC's in trouble this year, and, and it could happen. It honestly could. I don't see Bama losing. We'll talk about that. But, Trey, those other three games uh, are all up for grabs, really. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. There's there's some games that are going to be, um, you know, we talk about the playoff this year that are going to start already molding the playoff because, I mean, you, know, you want, if you're in Alabama or in Auburn, or even if you think you're in LSU, you have a chance I'm in the SEC West. I mean, you want Ole Miss to win the games like this. So when you beat them, um, it matters more for that college football playoff committee. Yep. So let's let's get in and and again six four six seven one six five five six four. If you can beat the host, then you can co-host a show with us. And how many times did that happen last year? How many times did we get beat out of what what do we have? Like fourteen weeks, fifteen weeks, something like that. We went. How many did we lose? One, two, maybe. It was less than five. I can't remember. It wasn't many, and that's that's what I'm saying. You got to get on Facebook. You have to to post the picks against us. Call in on air, uh, whatever you want to do. But but these games, there's no point spreads involved in them. I just want to give people uh, a history. There, you know, point spreads are important. But Trey picks ten games. That's the first week's tough because of the point spreads. Sometimes the games aren't as good, but. Give Trey a few weeks. He warms up. He'll have the game so close that it, it makes you scratch your head. But I'm ready to get it going, Trey. Miami and Louisville, I know this is a Monday night game, but this somehow made the top ten on your list. I mean, what intrigues you about Louisville-Miami? I mean, is it Bobby Petrino, you know, coming back to Louisville to play? Is it – what is it? 
Well, I mean, one, I think Miami, uh, with a, you know, they have a, a brand new young starting quarterback, and you got Louisville, who's sort of in a, you know, supposed to be rebuilding under Bobby Petrino. Sadly enough, both of these teams have very good odds in the uh, the coastal division, um, which is all over the place for prediction wise. And this is one of those games that we could get an idea uh, if one of these teams are ready to step up. And I don't, I'm not sure that either one of them are. Um, but I'll tell you right now, I'm actually going with Miami in this game on the road. I don't know what Louisville has, Tarvin, um, but this game is going to show me a lot of what they are. And, and, my, and Louisville is one of those teams that people are predicting to beat Florida State. I mean, so they're all over the place in predictions um, that I've seen online and so and from experts, you know, if you will. Uh, we're going to know a lot about that right off the bat. What do you think the point spread is on this one? Uh, what, eight and a half, maybe? No, Louisville's favored three points at home. Oh, wow. That's against Miami. Well, you thought Miami would be favored eight? Yeah, I thought Miami would be favored. Well, I, I think you, I think you may have something. Whoa. Let me, let me mute Trey real quick so we can, we can get on with this, but Louisville's at home, and I, I think the reason the line's the way it is is because Louisville's at home, but Miami, after watching them last year, they were very overrated. I think they started out like 7-0 and or something, and everybody was – Miami fans came out of the woodwork. I didn't know they had that many fans because they only have about 20 in the stands when they play. But the Miami fans were out and, and beating their chest, and this team fell apart. They had some injuries. They finally were tested and they fell apart. Now, Louisville, you you have to remember, Charlie Strong left this team. They lost a lot of players, but they also have a lot of recruits from Charlie Strong. He's recruited well for Louisville. The cupboard's not too bare. And, again, they lost a lot of players, but they they got some transfers. So this team, it's a question mark, really. And this is an intriguing matchup. I I think it should be higher than 10, but – I mean, that's okay. It's a top-ten game. I like Louisville just because they're home. And I think the defense of Louisville in this game will be enough, Trey, to to hold Miami down. Miami has the athletes. They have speed. But discipline is something you need when you go on the road. And let's not forget Bobby Petrino, uh, mastermind, especially offensively. He's got a chance to prove himself. You saw what he did at Western Kentucky after he came back, Trey. So I'm going to not so fast you on this one, and I'm going with Louisville. Hey, I can't tell you that's a bad pick. I mean, this is one of those games that I really think it's going to be the only game on Monday. I think a lot of us are going to be watching it because we love college football. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, but I know Miami's starting a freshman quarterback. But, I, I mean, Miami's got a lot of talent on the field. They're still decently recruiting. I think they're going to have enough. I think the the U, if, if, if they're going to come back, you know, and be Al Golden's, you know, team, and this is a, a team that matters, they got to win games like this. Yeah, and I, and I just don't think Al Golden can can go on the road and win a game. Now, if this was another team besides the Bobby Petrino coach team, maybe. But, I'm, I mean, this is going to be a close game. I'm not saying Louisville's going to blow them out. But I'm just not sold on Miami either. And being at home, Bobby Petrino being the coach, I have to I have to lean towards him because he, he knows how to get wins. My God, at Western Kentucky, he could come in and, and beat teams and play them close with that kind of talent. Now you go to Louisville, and remember, it's stacked up with, with decent players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Night game in Louisville. 
I don't know. I'm just going with Louisville and and tell us in the chat room who you have, and and we'll put it on here. So far, nobody is picking the game, so we'll we'll wait and see the number nine game. Now, if if you if you're not a college football fanatic, and I am, and I still miss this, but Louisville or excuse me, Central Florida and Penn State are playing at like eight o'clock in the morning Saturday. So I know. That's before college game day. That's not the usual time for football, but this game is in Ireland, I believe, and it's at 8.30 Eastern. Central Florida opens up a two-point favorite over Penn State. Remember, this is Franklin's first year at Penn State. Penn State has has a good enough team to be able to beat Central Florida, but, Trey, we look at Central Florida, they lost Bortles, they lost some other players, so – is this line inflated? Do you think Penn State should be favored and is Central Florida favored just because of what they did last year? I, I think absolutely they're favored based on what they did last year. I think one of the things that you're going to know, if you watch this game and you tune in, you're going to see, I think, a dark horse for the Heisman, and that's Christian Hackenberry, um, uh, Hackenberg. This, this kid is going to be phenomenal. Um, basically, I mean <laughs> – He's going to set some records, Tarvin, for Penn State, and it's going to start with this game. We're going to see uh, – I think Penn State's going to come out on fire throwing the football, and I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, I just – I don't think people realize the impact Franklin's going to make at Penn State and what he's going to do the first game. He's going to have these guys ready. They're going to be fired up. I'm not saying Penn State's going to win the Big Ten by no means, but – to come in game one, and Franklin circled this. I'm sure when he took this job, he realized he had a game that could really catapult his team in the media to get them being talked about. It's a perfect time. I mean, Central Florida destroyed Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl last year. The quarterback went in the first round, high in the first round. And Central Florida was a good team last year. They lost to South Carolina. I mean, a very good team. And I think they're overrated right now because – of what happened last year. Blake Bortles, let's not kid ourselves, he's a huge loss for a team. And we've seen in college football a quarterback can put a team on his back and carry him all the way. We've seen it year in and year out. Blake Bortles, who's your backup, Blake? Tell us, has he been proven? Do we know what he's going to do? Trey, I'm going with you and Penn State in this game. I, I trust Franklin. I trust him developing Hackenberg and, and uh, just the firepower they're going to have. This is Penn State. This is not some five-star flooded team, but they're going to be disciplined. They're going to play hard football. So let's look at the chat room real quick and see what they're saying. Trey, I'm not seeing the chat room really some games unless you are. I'm having a little bit of computer problems here. Do you see anything? Yeah, it looks like uh, I'm on a ledge here with the Miami pick. Uh, I see a bunch of Louisville's in the chat room. Uh, I see a Central Florida in the chat room here uh, from Paul Ewing who says that uh, UCF wins. Uh, so, but he's going in Dublin. He's saying UCF wins it. I don't see. Uh, see. Sonia. And Sonia goes with Penn State. Sonia is picking the Big Ten team right there, and I can't blame her. I mean, she said it's a former SEC coach, and man, I, it's just this first week. If you're smart, if you're a gambler, which I'm not, you know, you can make a lot of money on these uh, on these lines because, and that takes us straight to. A game that's number eight on your list. I'm wondering why UCLA, on the road to Virginia, made your list. 
Well, I, I, this is, you know, you got the Pac-12 and the ACC, uh, and you're thinking, and this is UCLA coming in with, I mean, when's the last time, Tarvin, that you saw UCLA with a Heisman frontrunner, uh, you know, candidate, and a lot of people picking them nationally to make the playoff? That amount of pressure, Tarvin, you know, is this team ready for that? Well, I mean, what, what I'm concerned with in this game, and I just look at the past, and I know you can't look at the past. I know how well Virginia plays at home. They, they And they play, it seems like, better early in the season than they do at the end, of course, the depth issue. But you look at the time of this game, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 o'clock in California. That's what these kids are used to. 9 a.m., UCLA is getting up, going on the road, and they're playing a, a Virginia team that I'm sure they circle this game, Trey. I mean, it's hard when you're a, a highly ranked team and you're playing on the road the first game. It's it's tough. I mean, UCLA's favored 21 points in this game, and I don't think they, they'll probably cover that. I'm, I'm going to pick UCLA to win, Trey, but I'm not going to pick them to cover that many points that early. It'll be close in the first half. UCLA will pull away in the second half when they wake up. Yeah, I agree with you. And if you look at Hunley last year, Tarvin, uh, early on in the season, he started really slow, especially in the first half of games, for the first few games. He was not a fast starter. I, I think he's a guy who needs some game time. Uh, and I, I don't think that he's going to get sort of the easy game in Virginia. I think you're right. Virginia's get, you know, circle this game. Their depth will kill them in the second half. They just don't have it. But Virginia's got guys who are – Four and five stars. They're few and far between for Virginia, but they got a few guys out there who can play. I think they're going to be um, very competitive, and I agree with you, man. I don't think it's going to be 21 points. Yeah, 21 points is a lot on the road early in the morning. If this was a night game in UCLA, I'd lay it easy. But take the points in this one. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those 21. Uh, Virginia is going to cover. The next game, number six or seven on your list, West Virginia Mountaineers, quarterbacked by the man that actually gave Saban's daughter her first kiss. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nick, I mean how, how mad is Nick Saban right now, knowing that is, is he going to try to paralyze the kid or what? <laughs> yeah, well, they were six, so I'm I'm not sure that uh, uh, that Saban really cares that much about that. Uh, but that was a pretty funny story that came out. This is going to be, you know, I predicted this uh, about a year ago, a battle of Jameis Winston backups. Uh, I know Coker has it, but now it's the starter. I think he will start. I think he plays. I think maybe we see Sims too. Um, but this is going to be closer in the first half. We're going to, I think Saban's going to probably throw both of his guys out there. Um, but, Tarvin, I think this is this is going to get ugly in the second half. Bama's going to just start handing the ball off, and this game in the trenches is not going to be a game that West Virginia can be competitive in. Well, we're going to bring Sonia Minson to the show. Sonia, welcome to Weigh-In Sports. And uh, what are you feeling about your tide this weekend against the Mountaineers? 26-point favorite. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to pull it off. I pray we do. As a Bama fan, let me put my Bama glasses on. With my Bama glasses on, I think we pull it off. I think we come out with a win. All right? Take the Bama glasses off. Be objective college football fan. We've got a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator. In the past, that has not been very good for us. So I am praying that it changes this time. But, of course, I'm going to go with the Tide. Well, Sonia, the line was 
was seven until Saban found out Trick had kissed his daughter and it jumped all the way to 26. Uh, <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even going to. I'm not jinxing anything. <laughs> 26 I'm points not jinxing anything. Georgia Dome. 26 points, Trey. You have a new, you have a quarterback battle that that you don't have a quarterback right now that that you feel like's number one. West Virginia does. What do you feel, Trey? The game plan is going to be for the Tide. I mean, are they going to try to throw it just to see who they have, or are they just going to do what they do best and run the football? I I think it's going to be. Um, I think they're going to try to figure things out. They're going to try to run the ball and set up play action for their quarterbacks so that they actually can be successful. Because I think if they drop back and just uh, straight pass, they're, they're going um, to have some problems. I think they're going to try to set their quarterbacks to have the most success, you know, using the running game, using, you know, Derrick Henry, using um, you know, Yeldon. And they're, they're, that offensive line, which may have some issues, they need to figure that out as well. Um, remember last year the Virginia Tech game? They didn't exactly pull away. They, they pulled away a little bit in the second half. They used special teams a lot. I, I think the game plan, what we're going to see, is going to be similar to what we saw in Virginia Tech last year. Hey, Sonia, I want to ask you a question about the quarterbacks in Alabama. If, if Alabama, just say they were playing a, a top-ten team the first game, and, and this was at the Georgia Dome. Do you think Saban would have announced a, a number one starter? Do you feel like he knows who the starter is, but he's just going to let him play it out just to see if there's any kind of questions he has? Because I could quarterback against West Virginia and, and win by two touchdowns. I don't think Saban's under a lot of pressure to name one. No, he's not. And the, and the one thing people need to understand about Nick Saban, if you look back in history, you look at Nick, He's never going to give you the information you want until he's ready. I don't care who asks. You know what I mean? So I think that he really does know who he's going to start. We could see both out there. You could see Blake start, and then you could see, you know, Coker come out. I think he really is just trying to figure out or trying to plan the best way to utilize both. I can see us at least for the first two or three games actually using a dual quarterback system. I can see Nick doing that. Because right now, the problem with Blake, Blake is, is good, but he's just not consistent. That is the biggest problem with Blake Sims. Jacob Coker, from what I'm understanding, you know, and hearing out of T-Town, it's, it's, it's like mixed. You know, it's the same thing. They're both not consistent. So you've got two, two inconsistent quarterbacks. You know what I mean? So I can see that happening, but I also see something else, and this is something that uh, Trey and I were actually talking about on Twitter, sort of, (laughs) if he remembers. But I was like, don't be surprised to see somebody lose a red shirt and step up in there. I'm just going to say that we're going to be dual quarterback until somebody either shines or somebody screws up enough and he just sits them down. But I think Sims and Paul Paul actually is saying the same thing I said that I was just about to say. I think Sims, because of his history and because he's been there, I think Sims' biggest problem is his confidence. If they can build up his confidence, and he should be confident by now. I mean, come on, dude. How long have you been playing for Alabama? Seriously, you should be confident. You should be used to be playing. You know, you should used to you should be used to playing in big stadiums, big arenas. So there should not be any question that it should be Blake Sims, okay? Right now, it's just, you know, it's up in the air, but I do believe Blake will start. 
I believe Blake will be the first one to start. I believe he's going to give Blake a chance. He's going to see what he can do. And if, if Blake is consistent, then he'll be our quarterback. If not, you're going to see Cooper in there. Thanks for that, uh, Sonia. Stay on, and we'll get your final four after our uh, previews here. But, Trey, I think if Sims wins this position battle, I just think it goes against everything in the offseason bringing Coker in. I mean, why did Saban, Trey, bring Coker from Florida State to Alabama? I mean, if, if he was confident in Sims being able to lead this team to a championship, do you think he would have made that move? No, and here's what I really think is going on, and, and I've talked to a couple of people. Um, I think we all, you know, have, you know, been watching this battle pretty closely. I think the, Paul is right in the chat room. I think the, the, the team really likes them. But I do think that this is one of those moments where they're bringing Coker along just as far as they can, just kind of like they did, um, you know, I guess the last time they had a quarterback battle. Um, and they sort of waited till the very last minute to announce um, the quarterback you know, decision, if you will. That's sort of how Saban did it before, um, and we all know how that worked out pretty well for him. But he waited till the very last minute and wouldn't announce anything. I think we're going to see the same thing with Coker. I think he knows the team is really behind Sims, and he wants to have sort of um, Sims get every shot possible. And I think Sonia may be right. We may see both of them a little bit in the early on, especially – after the West Virginia game, probably a little bit in the West Virginia game. But I just think Coker is going to be the guy. When you talk about who's playing Auburn at the end, in the end of the year, Tarvin, I think it's going to be Coker. Well, it better be Coker. And and, the, and, and I think Saban's smart because if he, he goes ahead and names uh, Coker the starter before actually seeing game time, I think that could cause some dissension in that locker room. And right now the last thing Saban wants to do is is have a battle going on and and people think it doesn't that race doesn't matter in football. I saw it destroy a locker room in Auburn a few years back, Trey. I saw it when was it uh, Chris Todd and Cody Burns. Half the team was on Cody Burns' side, half the team was on Chris Todd's side, and and it just killed the team. That's the last thing you want to do if you want Coker to beat out Sims. It has to be on the field in a game time situation. And it has to be because he's the better quarterback. If Sims is the better quarterback, Sims will be the quarterback. And that's how you'll know. If Coker's a starter after a few weeks, it'll be because Coker won the job on the field. And Saban's doing it the right way. He is doing it the the way a, a mastermind genius will do it. He's not doing it before the season. He's going to get out there. If Coker comes in and, and fires three touchdowns and Sims struggles, guess what? Coker, you're our quarterback. If Coker struggles and Sims comes out and does good, he's going to play Sims until Sims plays bad, and then he's going to give him a chance, Trey. But Saban's a mastermind. I think he knows what he's doing by now, don't you? Yeah, sorry, I was on mute there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, this is this is his playbook. I mean, he, he's done this exactly before when we saw A.J. McCarron, you know, finally become the starter. This is exactly what he did. Yeah, but, but Trey, do you think, uh, looking at Bama's schedule, who they play, it's it's not as tough as you think, you know, being an SEC West team, but if Sims is the starter of this team, do you see them being a, a four-team playoff contender? No, I know I don't. Uh, and I, I really don't. Um, and so, 
that's why I think Coker wins out because um, I really don't think they're going to make the playoff with 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 Sims. I think he's way too inconsistent. Yeah, and Sonia, Sonia knows Alabama. She watches them every week, and she reads about them. She she knows people there, and inconsistent is the word. But if Coker doesn't come out and win the battle, he's not going to get it. He's going to have to earn it on that field. I think you will. I, I, I think he's going to end up beating him out. The kid's huge. I mean, I've I've heard people calling him a beast and all this, and it's just like, let's let's watch him on the field first and see how he does in competition. you got to remember, Coker's never played in a game as big as he's about to play in Saturday. And and I think both quarterbacks do well Saturday. I, I don't see either one of them struggling, and I don't think this quarterback controversy is over until you probably see Florida come into town, Trey. And by Florida, they better have a quarterback name by then. They can get by with it until then, but after that, it's over. Oh, I totally agree. And I think if you have Sims playing against Florida – a defense that's swarming and a defense that schemes that well against a quarterback who, you know, is is prone to making mistakes even in practice is going to get eaten alive against a defense like Florida. I mean, you want somebody who, who's who's got a steady hand, and, and you'd rather have a quarterback who takes the sack and throws the pick. Uh, so, you know, that, that's probably something that's weighing on his mind as well, Darvin. And I'm going to go ahead and make my Alabama prediction. They win, but people have asked me all week, Will Alabama cover the 25 points? And and my answer, Trey, it, it's it's hard. I go back and forth. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. And it it's not. It's like Sonia said, a new offensive coordinator. You have two quarterbacks. It's consistency. Trying to get the cadence down is different. Alabama wins with ease, but I think they win by 21. I don't think they win by 25. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's about right. I think they're going to pull away towards the second half. But I really do think it's going to be kind of a frustrating first half for Bama fans and West Virginia fans probably get a little too excited. Uh, but they're going to pull away. It's not going to be close, but I'm not sure it's going to be four touchdowns. Yeah, Sonia doesn't think they covered the spread either on that. And it's it's just hard. And I, and I do go back to the West Virginia game, but we have a caller from the 224 area code, you're all way in sports. Who's this? What's up, Tarvin? This is your man, Cuervo. How are you? Oh, good. What's going on, Cuervo? Oh, not a whole lot. Just wanted to give you guys a listen, see how everyone's doing this evening. And uh, I hear you guys are – are you guys previewing games? That's what it sounds like. No, we're talking uh, ice hockey and soccer tonight. Yep, I, I kind of figured that. I knew, I knew talking about the talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide Cuervo real quick. Who do you like, Bama or West Virginia? Oh, gee, you know that's a really close game, Tarvin. I don't know. <laughs> ah, Bama is favored by what? Twenty four points. Uh, is it twenty five? Twenty five. You know, I'll I'll take West Virginia to cover, but there's no way they're going to beat Alabama. No, that's probably not, Cuervo. You're probably right. But let's move on right quick to the next game, Trey. Uh, you got it number six, but it's number one in my heart right here. And uh, <laughs> it's number one in my heart. Auburn at home against Arkansas. And, and one thing interesting about this game is no Nick Marshall starting. So you got Brett Bill in my pissed off right now, or excuse me, mad. I shouldn't say that word. Um 
he's upset in a way. He wants Marshall out there, Trey, because he practiced for a year almost trying to scheme against Nick Marshall. But I think he's going to get his wish because Nick Marshall is going to be out there. What do you think, after a series or after a play? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it, it's, it's comical what Malzahn did here. I mean, oh, he, I have a plan. Um, okay, we all know your plan is going to be to play Marshall like immediately. So, at the end of the here's a story, Carvin. Marshall plays first quarter very, very, very soon, um, and they they probably have a couple of series throughout the game for Jeremy Johnson, like they normally would have anyway. Just they flip the script a little bit and put it at the first part of the game versus the fourth quarter to get Jeremy Johnson a little prep time. Um, but here's the thing: Marshall plays. Auburn rolls. Yeah, I, here's the deal with this game, and, and and I know Arkansas runs the ball well, and, and they have a huge monster offensive line. I get that. Um, the, the deal in this game is how close can Arkansas keep it in the first three quarters? And and I think once once Arkansas gets down by two, two scores, three scores, they're going to have to go outside of their comfort zone and start throwing that's when the defensive line is going to take over for Auburn. I think they're going to create some havoc, create some turnovers. I, I see a big passing day on the Plains. I know a lot of people talk about our running game, look for Sammy Coates, Duke Williams. I mean, Trey, it's going to be ugly, the passing stats. I, I think Auburn can win this game with ease. But what I'm looking for, can they can they keep Arkansas from scoring a lot of points? That's, that's what concerns me. How good is the defense going to be? If Auburn comes in there and wins 50 to 30-something, it's going to really upset me because I want to see like a, a 35 to, to 6 or 9 kind of game. I don't want to see a bunch of points scored on this defense. But do you see Arkansas winning a game in the SEC this year? I'll go ahead and ask you that. Sonia doesn't think so. I don't think so, Trey. What do you think? Yeah, I think they win an SEC game. Um I think they're going to have a pretty good running out of time this year, and I think we're going to see Alex Collins get over 100 or close to it against Auburn. But they're going to be having to be throw the ball too soon um, to really get a game plan going. But I think they win an SEC game. Yeah, I'll give them one win. Hey, Cuervo, you think you think Arkansas can keep it close against Auburn? Uh, yeah, in the first quarter, and then after that, I think Auburn will, you know, dominate the rest of the game. So. I give Arkansas the first quarter. Really, I give them. I give them the coin toss. I'll, I'll let them uh, win that coin toss, and they they better get it in gear. Auburn, remember last year, struggled early on in the first few games of the season, trying to find their their flow, their rhythm, their identity. I think it's there now, but I, I think what oh. you're going to see is Auburn playing a lot of players in this game, regardless of the score, to try to keep people fresh. It's going to be 100 degrees out there. It's going to be it's going to be tough, and you don't want to get somebody hurt, Trey, the first game of the season, uh, and you've got a tough schedule ahead of you. Yeah, I, mean, I think Arkansas will, will give them a little bit of a problem at first. Um, gonna, I mean, Auburn's offense will get going eventually, um, especially once Marshall comes in. And I think Arkansas will have some success running the football, but not enough to really make this a game. And we'll probably all stop watching except for you at halftime. Yeah, I'll, I will never quit watching a game, whether we're losing by 30 <laughs> or winning by 30. But but one thing people forget about this game, Gus Malzahn's from Arkansas. He He circles this game on his calendar, not just for that reason, but – 
Brett Bilham has been running his mouth for a couple of years now about Gus Malzahn, that offense. And, Trey, mark my words, this game right here, if Gus can put 70 up, he's going to do it. We'll see. I don't know if they'll get that high, but, I mean, I think it's going to – I mean, I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Uh, I think Colin is, is the right spot for at least the other Razorbacks, and we all talk about how great he's going to be in the NFL, but that's about it. But I think Sonia's right, and I'm right on this. Brett Billima, you can go look at the schedule, Trey. And last year I was actually the one on the show that picked Arkansas to go 3-9, and 0-8 in the SEC, and I nailed it. And this year it's going to be the same story. They do not have the, the horses to be able to win in this conference right now. And it's the SEC is not as loaded as it has been in years past, but it's deeper than in years past. I mean, you have – Arkansas and Kentucky and Vanderbilt, those three, I think Kentucky is going to be better. But I think, you know, there's 11 – how many teams are in the SEC now? 14. 11 teams are going to be pretty decent. I mean, they're going to be improved and, and be able to play. I don't see a, a winnable game for Arkansas in the West. I said it here. I said it right now. You can mark it down. 0-8, Brett Billima. And if that happens, Trey, 0-16 in two years, will Brett Billima get another year? Yeah, I don't know. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I think the win's going to be. Because I mean, at Missouri is tough. Uh, they have they have Ole Miss at home, uh, LSU at Mississippi State, Georgia. So then the two East games are pretty tough. Their their wins going to come out of the two Mississippi games. One of those two, they're going to win. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're talking about a, a Heisman Trophy candidate on both, and. <laughs> I really yeah, well. would be. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if Arkansas won a game against a Mississippi school. Um, but but I'm telling you, the first game they're going to come out against Auburn is going to be tough. They're going to play tough. They're going to be looking better. They're going to look better Saturday than they're going to look all year. I'll put it that way. And then it's going to. I mean, that's Brett Billman's game right now. That's the one he circled. So he's going to put all the emphasis on that one. I'm picking Auburn to win to cover the spread. It's 20, I think it's 20 and a half, 21, Trey. Are you predicting the cover or, or not? Yeah, no cover. Yeah, I think so as well. Now the number five game on Trey's list tomorrow night in the Georgia Dome. I wouldn't mind going to this, but I, I want to watch the other game we're going to talk about in a little while. Ole Miss against Boise State, Trey. Ten point, ten and a half point line. I just don't see Boise State with enough athletes. Ole Miss has skill position players. They can run the ball on Boise, I think, and the defensive line is going to get Boise trouble, special teams. Ole Miss could win this game by three or four touchdowns, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't see it like – I don't see it them pulling away that big. I think Boise is going to give them some struggles, but, I mean, you're right. I think Ole Miss is, has too much talent. Um, I, I think we see Bo Wallace, though, immediately as not a Heisman Trophy candidate. I'll tell you that. I don't think he's going to look, look that great winning this game. But I think Ole Miss has got too much talent compared over to Boise. I mean, especially uh, coming off these guys now, that great recruiting class. They have a year under them. Um, I think we see Ole Miss win this game. I, I'll say I'll say 16 points. And I was going to say, Sonia and Cuervo, y'all stay on. We want your final four predictions in a little while and your championship game predictions. And we're trying to speed through these games to get us through up until football season. Then we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. Ole Miss, easy, guys. Boise State, the name's still out there. It's, 
Peterson left Boise for a reason, guys. It's time to jump ship. And a smart man knows when the ship's going down, be the first one off, don't be the last one off. So Ole Miss big and Bo Wallace are going to put up some good numbers. It's going to be a big game. Number four, Florida State going against Oklahoma State. The drama is here, Trey. I mean, I think people are overhyping this game. I don't think they realize what a secondary Oklahoma State has and what Jameis Winston can do. But are you are you a little worried about this game, being a Florida State fan? You know, neutral territory, some off-field issues, Oklahoma State with a good coach. I mean, are you scared just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I am a little bit because I think you picked out – I mean, here's the thing. Oklahoma State um, – they're getting sort of – this period kind of got downgraded once we figured out, you know, old Oklahoma State had some, some issues with, with depth. But, you know, Winston at times in big games last year started slowly. And so if you start slowly to a very hyped-up uh, Oklahoma State team and if they get up, um, you know, that's going to be a struggle for Florida State, especially in the very beginning of the season. I, I think that this game is competitive at first, Harvin, but I think it's a blowout by the end. I spoke with Jimbo Fisher Sunday morning, and, and we talked about this game. And one thing that concerned him, Trey, was was Winston. I mean, you know, how he's going to start. You don't believe that, do you? <laughs> I don't believe that you spoke to Jimbo Fisher. No, I don't. <laughs> okay, good. You see, you're supposed to cut me off when I lie like that, man. you got to keep me in check. But, no, I was going to let you game go. <laughs> this game comes down to one thing to me, and it's talent. I mean, you look at talent, you look all over the field, there's NFL prospects everywhere on this Florida State team. They're deep, they're they're fast, they're physical. They're, I mean, they're a ferocious team. I mean, they're sometimes not the toughest, but sometimes they play clean, dirty, if that makes sense. They hit you hard every time they hit you. So Oklahoma State's in trouble. And I know Van, or, uh, Gundy's a man, he's, he's 50 now, but, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly in this game. I like Florida State to win this game, something like forty-five to twenty-one, something like that. It'll be, it'll be close, maybe until the end of the third, fourth quarter, and that's when Florida State will will take care of business. But they don't have the secondary, I think, to to match up with Florida State. Winston still your Heisman Trophy winner from last year. I mean, I, I just don't think they're getting enough respect in Vegas for some reason on this line, and I could be wrong. And let's see, what if, what's everybody saying? Paul saying Florida State, huge. Um, that's all I'm seeing right now. But, but Trey, are they going to cover? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do too. Now, this game coming up, the number three game, now it starts getting – it's tougher to make these predictions. Texas A&M on the road at South Carolina, 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night, kicking off college football on the SEC Network. South Carolina, and I know this may sound surprising, the 10.5-point favorite over Texas A&M. This is without Menzel, without Matthews, without Evans. But, Trey, you you follow recruiting the last few years. You see Texas A&M, mm-hmm. they keep reloading. They keep reloading. And I'm not ready to trust South Carolina yet. The secondary, no. and I know I know someone's going to put up points, and I'm worried about this game. I think 10.5 is a little too high, Trey. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I think A and M is going to surprise a lot of people in this game. The freshman, or not their, their quarterback, beat out the freshman phenom. He was a phenom in himself. A and M's got talent. Their left tackle, who they've just replaced in Matthews, is going to be a top five pick next year. You can I can't pronounce the guy's name right now. 
Uh, but I can tell you he's a top five pick, and he, he's, he's amazing. He's an amazing talent at left tackle. Uh, they're going to keep this game real close, real close. Uh, South Carolina, Tarvin, I got winning this game, but I think this is going to be one of those epic SEC showdown games, you know, like we saw last year with I think it was Ole Miss and, and Vanderbilt. This is going to be that kind of game. It's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be fun to watch. And South Carolina, because they're at home, wins a close one. And, and Texas A&M is a scary team to me because I look at them and, and I don't think they're getting enough respect. People are ready to throw them away. But anytime you can score points by throwing the football and running, they can run too. you got to watch out. In South Carolina, secondary, they're, they're not good. And that's what worries me. Kevin Sumlin showed me one thing. Everywhere he goes, he can score points. I don't care who his quarterback is or what. He's, he's going to score points. In South Carolina, I'm worried that they're not going to be able to score as much. I know A&M's defense was toasted last year on the ground, but they have to get better. And Paul said they've got 12 freshmen on their two deep. And, and that's probably true, but those freshmen are very talented. And I, I think the defense will be better than last year. This game is very intriguing to me. I want to not so fast you trade, but I think you're right on. I think South Carolina wins a close one. Not as I mean, it, it could be 10 towards the end of the game, but I don't have enough faith in South Carolina right now. Everybody thinks this could be a Final Four team, South Carolina. A lot of people do, not everybody. But I'm not ready to say that. Take South Carolina by a field goal and – I still don't feel confident about it. I mean, what is the chat room saying right now? Let's see. It looks like um, other than Paul's got South Carolina. Um, I think that's all we got right now. Okay. All right. But, but do you understand what I'm saying about the secondary of South Carolina? When you play a team like 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 Texas A&M and Sumlin, how they can put up points. Doesn't that concern you oh, yeah. a little bit? I mean, oh, yeah. it does. It, it, I, I just and, look at Sumlin. He's a good head coach, man. He does have a score, and he's going to make it without – I think this team's going to be better without Manziel in the long run. Well, I mean, you got to think, you know, last two quarterbacks uh, who won the Heisman have been freshmen. Uh, and Sonia, I see, I see Sonia now. Uh, she predicts uh, – uh, I'm not going to call them USC, South Carolina, uh, to win this game as well. Uh, I just think, you know, you're going to see someone with another quarterback who can play. And, you know, nobody knew Mike Evans before last year. Um, and so, um, you know, not a single person said, oh, well, you know, Mike Evans, I mean, this guy, um, we all thought, well, he's all right. Um, but what he became was amazing. And I think that's because someone produces very good offensive talent. He does. And, I, you know, I, I hate on the guy a lot, but – well, let me tell you, I hate playing against the teams. And, you know, they come to Auburn this year, and it, it worries me sick knowing what what offensively they can do. And it's just, if you're off again, now I'll tell you Texas A&M season in a nutshell. If you're, if you're playing Texas A&M and you're better than they are and you struggle, if you have an off day on offense, you're going to get beat. And then I think Texas A&M's a seven- or eight-win team but they're going to win a game or so or two because some teams struggled on offense, whether it be an Alabama, whether it be an Auburn, an LSU. Somebody's going to struggle, and they're going to get them. So Kevin Sumlin's too good of a coach just to, to go back to 6-6, six and six, Trey. I just don't see them falling that far back just because losing Mansell right now. Yeah, I, I agree completely, yeah. All right, well, that takes us to number two. And this game – 
is uh, two coaches I can't stand, Dabo Sweeney and Mark Rick playing it out in between the hedges, number 12, Georgia, number 16, Clemson, Trey. Who do you like? Well, let me, let me just ask you with a question. I mean, what's Clemson's record against non-South Carolina and non-Florida State teams in the last two years? It's very good. Yeah, I don't think he's, he hasn't lost a game, I don't think. Um, but you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Georgia's, Georgia's going to win this game. And I'm not I'm not hyping Georgia. I mean, Kirk Street and a lot of guys think Georgia's going to be a Final Four team. I, I don't see it. Um, but I do see a better football team overall than Clemson right now. I think Clemson at 16, Georgia at 12. I think there's more parity between these two teams than that. I think Clemson, by the end of the year, is going to be a much better football team than they are right now. Georgia's is going to be a better all-around, especially defensively, Tarvin. I think they're going to frustrate Clemson a lot. They're going to be able to manhandle them a little bit at the, on the line. Uh, Clemson needs time to figure out their new players, their new offense, you know, their new quarterback, their receivers. I mean, they lost a lot with Sammy Watkins and Taj Boyd, and they're not ready to reload just yet. So I think Clemson loses this game. And I think in the end, Tarvin, we're going to see a, a beast in Todd Gurley who's going to just run all over Clemson. And, and I'll say this. If this game was in Clemson, um, I would I would feel better about it. But Athens is a tough place to play. They've been sitting around all year as well, waiting on football season. That's what people don't get. The first week, if you're at home, it's so beneficial because the fans are, I mean, they're going crazy just trying to get to the stadium to, to scream and yell on their team. And everybody's undefeated right now. And Mark Richt and Georgia, anybody that has them in the Final Four right now is, is delusional, and I'll, I'll say that on the show right now. Herb Street, uh, all of you, if you have a problem with that, call in and talk to us about it. But I'm telling you, if you haven't seen them play for the last 15 years and watch them close, Sonia will tell you, Georgia is a choking, a choke artist team. They always choke, just like all Atlanta sports. But the defense, you talk about the defense being better, Trey. I think it's going to take a while to adjust to Pruitt. Uh, I think that's going to be a learning curve. I don't think they have – uh, depth. They lost a lot from transfers, injuries. You know, they have suspensions going on. And, and Aaron Murray, losing him, people act like that's no big deal. He was the best quarterback in the SEC last year. He will be the most successful NFL quarterback out of that class. And, and Trey, why is nobody talking about Aaron Murray leaving Georgia and you have a new quarterback? I know he's a fifth-year senior, but come on, you lost to Aaron Murray. Yeah, well, I know. Um and, yeah, everybody's like, oh, Mason, 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 Mason. Well, I watched him in a bowl game last year, and I think the kids got some got some growing up to do. Um, but, I mean, I, I agree with you that, that they're going to have some growing pains, Tarvin, but they have less to grow with Jeremy Pruitt, who is a, who's a great schemer, uh, and they can um, – they can they can scheme and frustrate Clemson for some turnovers and turn this game completely on its on its head. Uh, I'll tell you that Sonia and Paul in the chat room are picking, picking Clemson to win this game. So um, we'll see what you pick, Tarvin. But I think Clemson's trying to turn the ball over, and, and Gurley we trust against Clemson. So I'm going Georgia, and I, I'm going pulling well, away. Well, I, I need to clarify something that I think I, I said wrong, and I'll take blame for it. Aaron Murray was the best quarterback that came out last year in the SEC. I don't think he's better than Bortles, probably, uh, or Bridgewater was a first round. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, out of all the quarterbacks you lost in the SEC, Mettenberger, Manziel, McCarron, Murray, and all them, the most successful one in the NFL will be Aaron Murray, I think. 
That's just my opinion. But I'm with you, Trey. We're gonna go. We're gonna not so fast. Paul and Sonia right here, and we're gonna. I'm gonna pick Georgia because they're yeah. home. And, and and I mean, it's just Clemson's got to rebuild. They they really do as well. Dabo's gonna outcoach Mark Rick. I'll tell you that, Trey. Dabo will outcoach Mark Rick. But at the end of the day, being at home is gonna get them by. I think they win by five points. A safety late in the game will push them from three to five, and that'll be it. Yeah, I I agree with you, Tarvin, and, and I'll move us to the number one game. Uh, I picked this game number one because I think um, 13 versus 14, obviously, but I, I think this game has gotten a little bit overlooked in the national spotlight because Wisconsin, if, if they win this game, Tarvin, if they pull this out and where Ohio State is and, and, and you know, Michigan State kind of overhyped, they're kind of a team that can sneak up and get into the Final Four. I mean, they have a lot of guys who need to show something. But they have that kind of schedule that they can sort of get their way through if they beat LSU. Um, so this is a big game for them. And for LSU, um, this could be one of those games that proves they're back. A lot of people are saying that next year is LSU's year. Every, you know, less miles every four years is, is, is you know, contends for a title. We'll see, Tarvin. Both these teams play very well in openers. I Look, if you're going to play LSU and you're Wisconsin, this is the perfect time you're going to play them. They, their quarterback situation is, is really not clear to me. They have a, a brand-new backfield, really. The receivers are gone. Trey, I mean, this is a neutral territory in Texas. LSU does play very well in these games. Wisconsin, not so bad either. I have a gut feeling, and it's only a gut. I mean, there's nothing I can tell you really to say they're going to win. I like Wisconsin's toughness, the way they consistently run the football, the way – I mean, they're tough. This is going to be – if you're tired of watching spread offenses, you're tired of watching people run up and down the field, tune into this game. And this is a true old-fashioned football game. I want to pick Wisconsin bad in this game. I do because I I look at what they play. Wisconsin could easily make the final four, Trey. If they win this game, who's going to beat them after that? Braxton Miller's out. I mean, just say this, Trey. If Wisconsin beats LSU and they run, how much respect are you going to give them if you look at their schedule and say they win the Big Ten with one loss? Are you going to put them in the playoff? Well, it depends on who the other teams are with one loss, but um, if this game matters a whole lot for Wisconsin when it comes to the national spotlight and whether or not they have any kind of shot um, to make the Final Four, um, I'm going to go ahead and do it, Tarvin. I picked this. You, know, you and I both picked the Wisconsin <laughs> win back in the preseason polls. I'm pulling the trigger. And I'll tell you what, my big question mark for Wisconsin is, is the quarterback position. I can't tell you uh, that I have any confidence in them as a, from the quarterback position in, in the receiving core. Uh, but I, I do like their running backs. I like their offensive line. Um, I think that, you know, LSU plays so well in op- openers that it really makes me want to sort of pick LSU just because Les Miles and openers does well. The watching the TCU game last year, Tarvin, and watching how bad TCU was um, has got me sort of leaning toward Wisconsin this game. So I'm just going to pull the trigger. and It's going to be a Wisconsin field goal at the end. Well, I'm going to come behind you with that gun and, and just, shoot it again just to make sure LSU's down. But I'm going to go with Wisconsin as well. I know it sounds crazy, but there's always that week one game that 
that somebody scratches their head on. This is, and it's not that Wisconsin is just a better team. You give them six, seven weeks, you'll see a totally different animal. But this is a team with a lot of new question marks, and they're playing in the spotlight. I like Wisconsin's mental toughness. I, I have no faith in Les Miles. I mean, he, he, I don't know how he won a championship, you know, before, but, but he did with Saban's players. That helped a lot. But the cupboard's getting lower, and, I mean, the talent's there. If you look at recruiting the last few years, Trey, LSU's not – they don't have a stranglehold on it like they used to. And I just think losing what they lost to the NFL week one this week, Wisconsin's going to win. Are we getting cussed out in the chat room yet? Well, there's a lot of LSU love going on in the chat room for sure. Um, Paul just said his Final Four doesn't have an SEC team in it. Um, that, that shocks me. So, um, yeah, it looks like we're, we're on the win, buddy, even, uh, for sure with the Wisconsin. So, uh, we'll see, man. You and I both had a feeling about this game. That's usually kind of scary. Um, but you and I both kind of think Wisconsin's onto something here in I'm just not so sure that, that LSU's ready. I think they're going to be great next year, I really do. Um, but I, I don't look at this game, and I think it's so dangerous. So we'll have to see. Well, you know, my my team, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, Trey, they, they travel up to Michigan State and play. Is that going to be an interesting game? Can Jacksonville State do what Appalachian State did to Michigan and, and pull an upset in Michigan? No. <laughs> All right, Braxton Miller, I'm about to bring Cuervo and Sonia on. I want their final four predictions. I'm giving them a second to kind of to get it together. I know it's putting them on the spot, but I need I need some kind of documentation here to, to show it. But just some news right quick. Auburn went down to a 19 point. The, the line went from 21 to 19. So a lot of money is being put on the Arkansas Razorbacks right now, and I think it's the – Nick Marshall not starting, the question mark, how much they're going to play. But don't worry, guys. Nick Marshall will be in there after a play. So, Sonia, you and Cuervo will be coming on now to give me your final four selections. Trey, write them down if you can. And uh, I'll start with you, Sonia. Give us your final four. I was like, you better start with me because my phone's about to die. (laughs) (laughs) Final four, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't even thought about it because I hadn't seen one down a ball. But – if I had to pick just four, Jace, help me out here. Final four. <laughs> it's it's hard, isn't it? Alabama, FSU, Oklahoma. Oh, God. And who? UCLA. I'll let Oklahoma? Know. Oklahoma? That's what my baby said. See, you see, Tanya, the difference is you won't be mad and upset because I questioned you on Oklahoma right there. You know. <laughs> I sure won't. Now you understand why I let him pick. <laughs> but, uh, but it's hard. It's hard to pick. Cuervo, who do you have? Yeah, it, it's tough, guys. Um, but after doing some very well, not much research, but just kind of looking at some schedules, I – you got to put Florida State in there. I, I think I think they're going to definitely be there at the end of the day. I think you could see Oregon in there. That that's number two. Uh, number three will probably be um, Sonia's Crimson Tide. And number four, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a Big Ten team that I don't know if 
I don't know if I want to say nobody's talking about them. However, I don't. I, mean, I haven't heard many people put them in there. I'm just gonna, you know, throw throw it out there, and I'm gonna go with the Spartans. I'm gonna go with Michigan State to make the Final Four. Well, so you said Florida State, Alabama. Who else? Michigan State. Who else? Oregon. <clears throat> yeah, and I know Michigan State and Oregon play each other, but that's week two. So whoever loses that game, I think, is going to bounce back and, you know, make their climb their way back up to making the Final Four. All right, Trey. Final Four, please. Well, so we got Paul in the chat room. It says Florida State, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Michigan State. So Paul's a little consistent with their first two so far. Well, I just don't see how people pick Oklahoma. Uh, to make a Final Four, I just I know the schedule's weak and everything, but I just I don't see it. And I could be wrong. There's Cuervo, Sonia, Paul, all three with Oregon or Oklahoma in their Final Four. Uh, I'm not buying a trade. Go ahead and, and tell me your four. All right. So how about I give you one and you give me one, Tarvin? Let's let's do it this, okay. do it this way. All right. So I'm going to tell you my num my number one um, going in. Um, and not number one like seed wise, but I think the less, the least uh, predictable, I guess, is Florida State. Everybody sort of predicts it out, but I would say that. So I'll say Florida State. What in the hell is that? <laughs> Trey, what's your language on my show, man? Do not use profanity <laughs> on the show. Um, Blog hey, talk uh, radio. You, you said you said Florida State. I'm gonna say. Alabama. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see your Alabama and say Alabama. So I got Florida State and Bama. I'm going to see your Alabama and give you Auburn. Oh, I like it. So you got Auburn, Alabama. I got Florida State, Bama. Uh, so here's where I'm going to get interesting. Um, I'm going Oregon. You're going Oregon. I'm going UCLA. Yeah, I thought a lot about that. They're, they're a little too trendy for me right now, so I went back to Oregon. Uh, and here's my fourth one, Tarvin, and this is where you're going to think, after everything I've been saying about this conference, um, that I lost my rocker, but I really think that this is going to pan out. Baylor. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really hate on that one. And, and as much as I don't want to pick Florida State, as much as I don't want to, looking at the schedule, looking at Ohio State with Braxton Miller, I don't have enough confidence in the Big in the Big Ten right now to to be able to you know pick them. And Ryan Fowler is wanting to call in right quick. I'm trying to give him my number, um, but Florida State, Alabama, Auburn, and UCLA, and you know what? I want to flip Oregon in there instead of UCLA, but I'm just not ready to. I'm just not ready for that. But I do think that Alabama, if I'm if I'm had a gun to my head right now, even with their quarterback, I think they're going to work it out. I think their schedule is perfect enough to where that Iron Bowl is going to be two teams in there. It could be a one loss and an undefeated. And I think if the undefeated team loses that game, that there's still enough credibility there to get in with one loss. So we'll see. Jason Humphrey is on the line right now from Oregon. Jason, give us your final four real quick. 
Alright, Florida State gets the schedule. It's easy. They only got one big test. That's Oklahoma State. Um, I think Oregon, um, being around here in the Eugene, um, it's, I feel something in the air that it could be really special. Um, number three. Let's who did I have number three? Number oh, man. Number three, I'll pick South Carolina, my one surprise team. And number four, I will have let's see. Oregon. Um and number four I'll have um Michigan State. So Jason has South Carolina in the final four. Not ready to do that yet. Quinn, give us your final four real quick, bud. All right. I have Florida State at one, Auburn at two, then I have Oregon at three, and Oklahoma at four. Oklahoma is a trendy pick tonight. No Alabama, Quinn. What's wrong with Bama in this picture? Um, I don't think two ICC teams will get that. Yeah, I do. I, I think if I, if I look at two teams, Quinn, in the SEC right now that I think could make it or win a championship, I think it's Alabama and Auburn. I don't think the East is going to yeah. be where it needs to be right now. I don't see LSU, A&M, some of those teams ready to make the steps. So the first year, I'm going to say two SEC teams get in, but after that, I, I just don't see them doing it. The first year, they're going to try to do it right. But, Quinn, thanks for calling in to the show. And Jason, thanks for giving us your predictions. Trey, um, give us some closing remarks tonight. I mean, we're going to have a big show Sunday night. Uh, we may even push it out a little bit, maybe till till Monday in a way, because Tennessee and Utah State play that night, and we have our draft. So I'm going to have to come up with a show time. What time is our fantasy football draft Sunday? Uh, I think it's at five. I'll have to look at it. Um, I can't. I, I forget what time I set it for. But I'll tell you, Tarvin, real quick. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'm going to give you two dark horse teams um, to make the Final Four um, that that I think are a little bit out there. But if you know, there's always a team that's sort of around the 20 mark. That if you look at the last 10 years, there's always a team that hasn't been ranked or been ranked really low who's been in the Final Four at the end of the year. To me, Carbon, I think if I look at two dark horses in that regard, Florida is my dark horse um, to make the Final Four out of the SEC, and I think the other one would be uh, from the Pac-12 would be Arizona State. So um, those are my two sort of dark, dark horses um, of teams that have a shot, and that's what I'll end with, Harvin. Okay. Wow, Florida. But, I mean, that's a team that, that I can buy. You know, they got they have talent. They had a down year because of a quarterback, and, and they're there. That's a good pick. I like Baylor. And, you know, you picked them in your final four. I know they're not in the 20s or nothing, but I think that's a team that, that has it going on right now. Browse has them playing great football. I can't wait to see them on the field and see that offense. I'm very excited. But, but Trey, I mean, no no two SEC teams. Are, are you not picking two SEC teams because you don't you don't think they're good enough or maybe you don't think the committee will allow that? Well, I don't think it's going to be an allow thing. I think you're going to see um, – uh, you know, I think a couple of those SEC teams are going to have two losses, uh, and that's going to take a lot of SEC teams out. I think there are there is going to be an SEC team that's right there uh, that has a shot. I think Baylor has a shot to go undefeated, which is why I have them at four. 
I think it's I think it's it's a good shot that you have another SEC team. I'm, I don't think uh, like Paul does the committee won't let that happen. I think they're going to pick the, the best four. And if you look at historically, um, like again last ten years, there's been an SEC team there a lot of times. Uh, and I think if that happens, we're going to see that happen. Um, you know, a two loss a two loss Stanford team winning the the Pac-12 isn't going to cut it uh, over a one loss SEC team. And so um, I look at you know, I think Oregon, that win against, I think that they win against Michigan State is going to matter a whole heap a lot. Uh, so I think a one-loss Oregon team maybe gets in as long as that, that loss is to somebody decent. So I look at that, Tarvin. Uh, but I, I, I tell you what, if I had to pick a team that that uh, wouldn't make it, it would be it'd be the Pac-12. I really think that uh, if a team, if the SEC gets two in, the Pac-12 is going to be the team, the, the conference that doesn't get in. Yeah, and 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 the only scenario. I can see that would allow two SEC teams in as if if the Iron Bowl was like last year, and and just say last year, Auburn beat Alabama in a in a weird fashion, and it gave Alabama its first loss. They would have made it last year, and and I think vice versa. Either way, the undefeated team in that game, if there's a one loss team that loses a close one, is going to get in. And you look at Auburn's schedule. If they go 11 and one, and and say they win the SEC, they're in. And if Alabama goes 11 and one with their name, and and they lose a close one to Auburn, they're in. I just don't think you could leave those two teams out, and and uh, I I just don't think any committee in their right mind would do it. And Paul says no way two from the same division. Well, it would have happened last year, and it's it's about getting the four best teams in. It's not kissing the butts of all these people to get it politically correct. Football is not politically correct. The four best teams teams will play the first year and I think after that Trey they'll start kind of weeding it out making different rules but that's the only way it's going to happen South Carolina is not going to to get in there and be the West team or they're not going to have enough credibility I don't think to get in that playoffs and Georgia as much love as they're getting they'd have to I just don't see them winning Trey but the only two teams if there's two SEC teams it's going to be Alabama and Auburn that's just my opinion that's the only way I can picture it well, here's here's what I think too, and why I pick Florida as a dark horse because let's say Florida loses to Alabama, but they win a lot of other games. Like say they beat South Carolina, but South Carolina, um, you know, has some sort of tiebreaker or something like that. Uh, I think you can have a Florida team get in. I, I don't think the reason the East, and I think it's more likely that you have a two teams from the West, is because I don't think an SEC championship game loser is going to make the Final Four. I think they'll drop. Um, you know, I just think that's the way it's going to happen. So uh, that, that's what's tough about the SEC. And, and if you talk about there being an East and a West team, you're not going to have the SEC championship game be the, the two of the final four of those teams that are going to make it. Yeah. And and Paul said if 11-1 South Carolina beat a 12-0 Auburn, then he could see it. The only problem with that is South Carolina plays Auburn in the regular season. If they played in the SEC championship game, and even though that's a very logical explanation Paul gave, Trey, do you think they would put two SEC teams with a chance to play for the third time in a season in the playoff? No, I think that's got to be one of the scenarios that doesn't happen. I don't think you're going to see a third time. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And it's just all this is a speculation we're giving you guys. We have no idea who's going to make it. It could be – Northern Illinois getting in there. We don't know. We're just giving you our predictions, and it's it's tough to 
to give a Final Four. Even right now, before the season starts, it's just you can study this all you want, and uh, it's just hard. Paul says if 11 and one Florida beats 12 and 0 Auburn, well, that's definitely probably going to happen if that happens because a 12 and one Auburn team with that schedule is getting in. Trust me on that with that strength of schedule. So we'll see. Uh, the SEC to me should have two teams in it if they deserve it. So we'll. We'll see if they deserve it. I'm not. I'm not sold on Auburn being as top heavy this year, Trey. I think it's going to be spread out even amongst that conference. I don't think. I don't think you're going to see one team just run away with it. No, I think. Yeah, I agree with. You on, I agree with you on that. Well, Sunday night at 8:30 p.m. Eastern. I know Tennessee will be playing Utah State, but there's no reason you can't come in, mute your TV, listen to the show with us, go over all of our recaps, go over all the fun. It's college football's here, guys, and I'm excited. And not only the college football part of it, we have the NFL coming up. And if you're not excited about that, then I, I don't know what you're going to be excited for. But I like today's trade where we have NFL and college to talk about at the same time. Oh, yeah, it's coming, too. All right. Thanks, everybody, tonight for joining us. Sonia, Jason, uh, Minson, Jason Humphrey, Quinn, Cuervo, Paul, everybody that joined in. Uh, we appreciate you calling in and joining the show. I'm just I'm just so excited about Sunday night. I don't want it to get here because that means the first weekend's over of college football. But, man, I'm ready to go. Cuervo, thanks for joining us tonight and calling in, and we will see you on Sunday. Trade just for you. I'm playing a song for you. <laughs>